Welcome to Here's Teresa on Talk Zone with your host, Teresa E. Keeves. Teresa is here to inspire and educate you with heartwarming stories and informative conversations from a national and global perspective. Now, here's Teresa. Good morning, good morning, good morning to all of my international listeners out there. This is Teresa E. Keeves, your host for Here's Teresa, broadcasting on the GreatTalkZone.com Internet Radio. And I am so pleased, grateful, and excited to have you all listening to me today. We have some great topics along with some great guests. And as usual, my topics are going to be exciting, educational, enlightening, and interesting. And the, today is a, a special, a special day. So I, I'm not going to do my dinner table conversation, but nevertheless, what I'm going to be talking about on my show, listeners, is surely good conversation or conversations that you can use at your dinner table this evening. And to top it all off, as I was saying, I have two of the most fantastic guests with me today who are Michelle Kubis. She is president of Positive Potentials and the world's best mental health therapist, Reginald C. Campbell, who will soon be authoring Cold Water Therapy. And um, I will be bringing my guest uh, back on. I will be bringing my guest on momentarily here. But first, I just want to wanted to be you and I for for a minute. You know, I'm a little I'm a little, you know, positively, you know, selfish for a moment. I just want to talk to you guys. Um, but look, I want to say that I hope that you all are out there, <clears throat> excuse me, doing fantastic and that you and your loved ones are safe and healthy in spite of the COVID-19 that is seemingly terrorizing our global society. Now, as you all know, the reports say that this germ is devastating and it is massive now. It's a pandemic and it stays on the surface for nine hours and my advice is to stay prayed up, is to stay positive, to keep your bodies clean and your surroundings clean, keep your minds clean, your thoughts and your actions, how you act towards yourself and others. This also means your surroundings, listeners, means your homes, your cars, for all of you who work outside the home, your offices, your cubicles, keep those clean as possible. Far beyond just washing your hands as they are just as the media is saying, wash your hands. Now, don't get it wrong. That's a good thing. You should be washing your hands constantly anyway, you know, while you're singing happy birthday two times because this is no joke, listeners. Now, this thing is airborne and that's what makes it additionally dangerous. And it is not playing around as the powers to be sadly do not know a lot, a lot about this strain, our medical uh, industry don't know about the strain of this virus and that it is attacking individuals' lungs. As I said earlier, it's airborne at an alarming rate. I mean, regardless of the stress, listeners, that it may be causing you, I just want to remind you all to be kind to yourselves because that's where it starts first. And then be kind to others, be understanding, be patient, and be helpful to others as much as you possibly can. Okay? 
Now, because, um, you know, we're going to have, um, you know, some in-depth conversations going on here, listeners, I'm going to bring my guest on. I did say momentarily. I'm going to bring my guest on right now. I would like to introduce Michelle Kubis. She is a friend to this show. She is savvy. She is a sassy individual. She is strong-willed and highly intelligent. She is a writer and a business entrepreneur and president of Positive Potentials. Welcome, Michelle, to the show this morning. Yes, good morning, and, and wise words that you're sharing with the audience. Hope everyone's Thank- well out there. Yes, absolutely. Okay, my next guest, you know, he is definitely a friend to the show. His name is Reginald Cedric Campbell. He is the world's best mental health therapist. He has been in the field of assisting individuals um, with their mental health care needs um, for over 30 years, I want to say. And um, as I mentioned before, he's soon going to be authoring the benefits of cold water therapy. Good morning, Reginald. Thanks and for being on my show this morning. Hey, good morning. Um, it's a rainy morning in uh, Arizona, and uh, good to be here. Good morning, Michelle. Good morning, listeners. Good morning, everyone. Yes, yes, yes. It is a rainy morning. Nevertheless, it's a great morning to be up. It's a great morning to be alive in spite of all of what is going on in our global society right now. Because as they say, this too shall end. And I, as I was talking with my engineer, Randy, shout out to Randy, that people need to not panic and um, to stay calm and do what it is that you need to do, which is what I effortly mentioned as I was coming on to my show. And we're going to be talking about COV-19 in this show as well. But I want to start off with something very, you know, educational and enlightening and something that's really good. I want to acknowledge the fact that this is Women History Month. And I I um, did not honor this on my previous shows, but um, I may have mentioned it, but I did not honor it in the method that I want to honor it today for a, a slot time on my show. And what I, you know, I want to honor and celebrate some of the fabulous women in the past or the present that we know of or that we knew, you know, that we do not know of. And so um, I would um, like to start and uh, asking Michelle, Michelle, who are some of the women that, you know, were in your life or are in your life? that you would like to make mention of this morning in the, you know, to honor them? Well, first of all, I think um, I'd like to honor my mother, who was a war bride and came here after the World War II, and she was from Britain, and just mm-hmm. had to build a, a new life with my dad, and it was the, a big challenge coming to a new country, meeting new people and all of that. Uh, So Mm -hmm. that was most directly. uh, Historically, I I think um, Eleanor Roosevelt has always been a big figure uh, for me. And I thought that I was saying to my husband, actually, what how she would would have handled this whole virus thing. Uh, she was always mm-hmm. very out front and, and as an activist and all of the suffragettes, I think, 
um, what they went through to get the vote for women. I think uh, people don't really understand, but they were they were physically uh, affected by this. They were forced fed when they went on on uh, hunger strikes and and so on. So there was a lot of physicality involved. So there are a lot of mm-hmm. people that we stand on their shoulders, as they say. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, Reginald, um, you're up next. Um, well, first of all, I, w- I would like to honor uh, Jesus' mother, Mary, who was uh, so obedient, uh, you know, when the angel appeared to her and told her that she was going to, uh, you know, have have a child. She was she was obedient, and, uh, you know, and she bore the Savior of the world into the world. Uh, so I'd like to honor her. I'd like to honor our mother, uh, Lois Campbell. I'd like to honor our grandmother, uh, Irene Davis, Mama Irene. Um, I would like to honor uh, Mother Teresa, uh, who does such wonderful things in the world. Uh, I'd like to honor uh, Hillary Clinton, Michelle Obama. Um, I would like to honor uh, Rosalind Carter. Um, you know, three, and, and Jackie Kennedy, four of the women who served with presidents who I thought were <clears throat> will just honor honor their their country, honor their husbands, and and brought dignity to the White House. And mm-hmm. uh, finally, I'd like to honor my sisters, uh, my sister, our sister Thomasina Cunningham. I'd like to honor her. I love and, and cherish her, and and uh, I'd like to honor you, my my sister, who you know we've always been close, always had a a good relationship, and always uh, cared and loved for each other. So. So I'd like to honor you as well. Oh, well, thank you so much. I, I really I really appreciate that. Um, it is um, far too often um, that, you know, for, for me, um, as we're growing up, um, you know, we're not we, we do not talk about that. Neither um, uh, was I uh, taught about all of these strong women, you know, like. You would hear mention of people like Cleopatra, Joan of Arc, um, Madam C.J. Walker, and then a few other notables um, that, you know, were consistent going over and over in our heads. However, we did not learn a, a lot about these fabulous, gutsy, you know, ceiling breaking women who did it all because they had to and they wanted to. So what I did. So while I'm talking, I'm sure that, you know, you guys please interject. But what I did, I made a, a couple of notes here about uh, some gutsy women. Now, Hillary, um, who is one of my absolute favorite, as well as her daughter, Chelsea Clinton, they published a book recently titled uh, The Book of Gutsy Women, Favorite Stories of Courage and Resilience. I, I discussed that with um, um, uh, Michelle um, a few days ago. Now, my husband, he buys me these books because he knows that I love to read. And because I'm studying law, it kind of is kind of like hindering me from getting jumping into all these books. But I was able to crack it. And uh, and as I did, I mean, I was just blown away with the, uh, the women that that are being honored. Some I knew about and some I didn't. Um, now, some I knew about, for example, like Helen Keller. She's she was always on my list as one of my uh, favorites. You know, she was an American author, a political activist and lecturer. She was the first deaf blind woman 
to earn a Bachelor's of Arts degree from Radcliffe College of Harvard University. And I'm sure that a lot of you out there know of her as, um, um, you know, they, they did a movie, you know, about her. And it was just it, it was just fabulous. You know, she um, she was well traveled and she was outspoken in her convictions. And that's one of the things that I, I liked about her, that she was a member of the Socialist Party of America and industrial workers of the world. She campaigned for women's suffrage. Um, Michelle mentioned about women's suffrage, labor rights, socialism, anti-militarism and other similar causes. And she was inducted into the Alabama Woman's Hall of Fame in 1971. She did leave us in 1968. And she was one of the 12 inaugural inductees to the Alabama Writers Hall of Fame on June 8th, 2015. When I picked this book up, I was like 10 years old. I remember this and I was reading. I couldn't put the book down. It was just so interesting to me. And um, so I, you know, I, I like that. And then also the women um, that, you know, I knew in my life, uh, my brother's already said it, but I want to honor my mother, Lois Campbell. She was definitely uh, gutsy and resilient. I learned a lot from her. Uh, my sister, Thomasina Cunningham, who I just spoke with a few moments ago, uh, my teachers, Mrs. Mall and Mrs. Waters. Uh, Mrs. Mall, when I was in uh, my um, early years of academic learning and Mrs. Um, Waters, when I was in my um, high school portion of my academic learning, both women were fabulous. They taught me an exceptional um, amount about being a lady. There's a difference, you know, between just, oh, you know, oh, yeah, I'm a I'm a girl. I'm a I'm a young woman. That's fabulous. But do you know what it takes to be a lady? You understand what I'm saying, Michelle? Yes, absolutely, and we've lost a lot of that, uh, what we call social graces, and uh, we we write it off as, as uh, being formal and so on, but there's more to it than that. It gives us a, a common language to uh, on behavior, especially in social settings, and uh, it's important to understand how to behave. Mm-hmm. So, Reginald, speaking of that, I, you know, what do you think, you know, you and I have had these conversations and what do you think has been, now this has been my, my notice, you know, Michelle and Reginald, my notice and my listeners on the, on the degradation of social graces on the, on the part of a lot of our, um, you know, women and our young girls. What do you think is attributing to that, Reginald? What do you think is the, is the reason that we're seeing this this downgrade of our beautiful women? What what do you think this is attributing to? Well, Michelle mentioned social graces, and that's something I say to myself so much when I'm, you know, out and about, and I see things on the media or see things out in society. You know, I say that wow, and not only women, but 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 people in general, men, always say to myself, wow, we just lost. You know, we don't have the social graces anymore, just how people were driving yesterday. I'm like, from the time I stepped out of the house at 8 o'clock in the morning, five minutes after I left the house, people are driving crazy, you know. But I think it's the breakdown of, of the family, being a being a therapist and, and, you know, working with people and families for the past 30 years. Um, it's, it's the breakdown of the family because 
you know, there was always a, a time when someone, um, you know, you had a mom who taught you these things. You had a grandmother who taught you these things. You had an aunt who, who taught you these things. And, you know, with the breakup of the family, it, it, it's lost. And then you throw in uh, a substance abuse. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, that has, a, has an effect. And, and you just throw in what people see on the media, that it's okay to be honorary. It's okay to be mean. Um, you know, these uh, Atlanta housewives and all of this junk, you know, you turn that on and they're in a restaurant fighting and cursing, you know, and, and that's supposed mm-hmm. to be okay. So you mm-hmm. have, you know, these young women who I counsel, uh, you know, see these things, and if they don't have anyone around them to say, "Hey, no, this isn't the way it's done," you know, they 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 gravitate they gravitate to that. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a mm-hmm. number those number of things that I spoke of just now that are yeah. related that I feel are the other reasons. Yeah, Michelle, what is your take on it? Well, first of all, uh, to, to be, <laughs> I want to say good morning to Reginald. Uh, I didn't have a chance before. It's always a pleasure to be on with you. Um, I, I agree with Reginald, and a lot of people are fond of saying the women's lib movement destroyed the family and all of this. I, it, it happened a long time before that. It was a, a disregard for, for women as contributors to society other than raising children. This This goes way, way, way back. And you mentioned mm-hmm. several of the heroines of, of history. The, the point being is that people who who were sub, they didn't speak out uh, didn't mean they didn't have an opinion. It's just society really squelched those types of opinions. Like we just lost the woman from Hidden Figures, Catherine. Uh, oh, I forgot her name. She was yeah. the one they did the movie about with yeah, NASA. Yeah. She was the mathematician. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, how mm-hmm. come it took this long to hear about her? Exactly. You know what I mean? There was it, it was like it it was not only a lack of respect, it was it was a it was a challenge to the patriarchal society to have women number one have an opinion and then number mm-hmm. two to have any power. So I mm-hmm. think as as those constructs started breaking down, naturally the family was impacted by that, but also you have the societal norms being disturbed by having uh, uh, this new channel coming in. So people mm-hmm. didn't know what to do with that. There weren't there weren't uh, the Emily Post books on um, how to be an activist for women. <laughs> you know that that kind it's, of mm-hmm. thing, and, and and I think just. Um, I, I don't. I don't think there's any one thing. I think it was a clash of many things, a perfect storm coming together. And I think this is part of a cleanse, because as we see that we need everyone to be vibrant, healthy, smart, contributing. That you can't write off more than fifty percent of the world's population, uh, and you know, put women in the back seat anymore. That's just not going to happen. And look at all the wonderful things that have come forward. If you see all these doctors that are on TV with this virus thing and, and the leadership of a lot of these women, um, mm-hmm. it, it's going to take some time. It's going to take at least two generations to get through. You think so? Well, I, 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 I just want to say that 
I okay. I I respect that, but I I I hope not, um, because um, I I feel that we this is something that um needs to be addressed. I hope that there are a lot of women um out there that are listening to this program uh today, and uh, that this gives them some food for thought. Um, you know, as they are women and they have daughters and nieces and um other uh uh people uh, uh you know of women and so let them you know think about this i do want to address about the nasa i agree with you that uh what you said michelle but i want to plug in one more thing that they were all women of color every one of these women that worked on that nasa program taraji p henson played that woman who we just um uh lost her uh here uh taraji p henson played her but um um, no one, they, they didn't want anyone to know because they were women, but particularly because they were women of color. How dare they be so intelligent? And it was without their expertise in their precision mathematical skills, they probably would not have gotten there because they were right. responsible. Well, they saved the day. Yeah. They, Exactly. They were responsible, Michelle and Reginald and my listeners, for them getting up there, Reginald. You know what I'm saying? But they did not want to make mention of it. It's like, you know, oh, you know, wow, you know, they, they, they are intelligent and they, you know, stand it. And you're right, Michelle. What took them so long to, you know, cause, and, and, and all of my historical learnings and things, and this is why I always say education is a beautiful thing. So, you know, I did not know of these women. You know what I'm saying, Reginald? I didn't know of these women, um, and you know, and and what they were doing there for NASA, and and uh, if they hadn't have done it, you know, then uh, they would not have been up there on the moon or anything, you know, up there in space, you know. But um, I want to talk a little bit, Reginald, um, about the hashtag Me Too movement. This was born out, as you know, of um, all of this going on with women. Uh, being unjustly treated, um, how they were um, uh, shamed into not saying what was done to them by some particular man, uh, be it their husband. The husbands can rape their their women, um, uh, you know, their their bosses on their jobs and and so forth and so on. Do you feel that with the hashtag Me Too? Uh, movement, do you feel that it is really doing a, you know, is it's a just opportunity? Um, thinking about what Michelle has said, you know, it's going to take two generations. Do you think that this is a, a stepping, uh, a foot in the right direction, this hashtag Me Too movement? Well, it, it, you know, if I could just quickly, this is five seconds, uh, you know, before I answer of that. Course. Uh, um, of course, of course, go ahead. You, you know, I, and and I want to emphasize that these weren't just women of color; these were black women. And I want to make that emphasis because I'm a man of color and I'm a black man, or you know, however you you know address yourself as African American, black, you know, whatever. But I want to put that emphasis that these were black women. Uh, whenever you dial into your GPS system to get from point A to point B, there's a black woman, a, a black mathematician who's responsible for that for the GPS system. So I just want to make that, make that emphasis. As far as, as far as, um, um, uh, the Me Too movement, I think it's a, I think it's a good movement. I think it's a good idea. It's a positive idea, but I think it has lost its way. 
it has lost its way where they're mm-hmm. not addressing the things that they need to address. Uh, as a therapist, I have counseled women who have been raped by their bosses, who have been raped by their husbands, who have been raped by the by the neighbor, you know, next door and all of that, you know. And it was just, you know, society who always say, well, well, just be quiet. Or somehow it was your fault that this thing happened. You know, with Harvey Weinstein still there, you know, like kind of blaming Gwyneth Paltrow and, and some of the other women for speaking out. You know, mm-hmm. so uh, the Me Too movement, I think, is a good idea, but it has lost its way. The people, the women, in my opinion, who are heading this movement, the things that they are and the way that they're addressing what's important is not the way that it should be addressed. Yeah. Michelle, let's hear your take on on the question. Well, I, I agree with Reginald in that I think the the movement itself it's more than the movement it was the raising of the voice of the victim and Mm -hmm. the ability to speak out and be heard that in such large numbers finally they couldn't sweep it under the the perennial rug that i think that that's important i don't i don't think there's a whole lot of leadership that goes on with this thing i think it takes on a life of its own and just Mm -hmm. like anything it can be taken, you know, off track and so on. But that genie's not going back in the bottle. The, it, 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 it's a pendulum has swung as, as it was for quiet. It's now swung to the other side and we need it to swing to the middle and with, with legal, with social, with, uh, people's esteem and being able to speak out. I think that it just, it broke a barrier is what, to mm-hmm. me, was the value of the Me Too movement. Yes, I, I understand. And uh, we're going to... Um, um, um uh, close this section, but I want to I want to say uh, a, a couple of things before we do. Um, first of all, uh, when I say women of color, and I've said this on my show before, that I do not agree with back in the day when Jesse uh, Jackson, um, uh, you know, said that okay, we are black people. Um, we are all children of the Most High God, whether you know, uh, you believe in it or not, this is my belief. We are children of the most high God. There's no such thing as a white person and there's no such thing as a black person. Now, from a historical point, the reason that individuals called people black is because there was one more thing that they felt that they could use to put their heel on to make them feel like they were the scum of the earth. Because if you're saying something is black, oh, they figure, okay, you're black, you're dark, you're not noticeable because you're black. So I do not refer to myself as a black woman. I refer to myself as a woman of color because we come in array of colors. However, we are under the all species of the child of the most high God. The other thing is that I would like to have my listeners um, uh, talk about, you know, among themselves, um, these other uh, women who were fabulous, Madam Marie Curry. She was another one of my um, absolute um, heroes. She was a Polish and naturalized French physicist and chemist who conducted pioneering research of radioactivity. Hence, this is how we got X-ray today. Betty Ford, 
was the first woman of the United States from 1974 to 1977. And she was a wife of President Gerald Ford. And she was noted for raising breast cancer awareness following her 1974 mastectomy. And Maya Angelou, um, she was an American poet, singer, memoirist, and civil rights activist. So these are um, some of the uh, women that, you know, were my heroes. There's a lot. I only have an hour show. Uh, so, um, but uh, these are some of the things. So I think that this, um, in lieu of my dinner table conversation, as I had said earlier, earlier that these, you know, the conversations that we talk about, uh, there are going to be, uh, you know, other conversations to be discussed. But this is one that I would like for, you know, mothers and daughters to discuss among themselves and mothers and nieces and cousins and, you know, things like that, you know, to keep the, to, to let women know that we mean a whole lot in this world and we've done a whole lot in this world and we're going to continue to do a whole lot in this world that women are extremely powerful. Okay, Reginald, let's move on to the coronavirus. Okay. Shout out to Randy. He and I were talking about this um, earlier today. My, one of my initial questions, Reginald, is the country isn't prepared. So are you prepared for this coronavirus? Well, as prepared as, as you can be, um, you know, of keeping yourself clean, of keeping your environment clean, um, of, of keeping your thoughts clean and, and not being afraid. Um, you know, mm-hmm. not being afraid to live your life in, in spite of, um, Unfortunately, uh, the country was not slash is not prepared uh, for this. Um, mm-hmm. Unfortunately, it took it, it was looking of uh, 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 the people in charge were 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 looking to benefit from this. And let me tell you what I mean by that: that unless these companies were able to profit from the tests and things like that, these tests mm-hmm. weren't made available. Uh, mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I, I just think there's a warm place in hell for these people who are putting profit over the lives of human beings. And that goes from um, uh, who's in the White House all the way all the way down, uh, because what affects one of us affects all of us. Um, uh, Trump yesterday and before as he was talking about this virus, he said the Chinese virus. You know, Joe Joe Brown always, uh, uh, not Joe Brown, um, Joe Madison always talks about hearing and seeing with a third eye. And I totally mm-hmm. understand what, what he said when he says that, you know, by Trump saying the Chinese virus, it, it, that's, that's a racist term. You know, that's mm-hmm. the thing that somehow this was the re- they are the reason why this, this has happened. So even mm-hmm. in spite of this, you know, this, you know, throwing this racism piece in there. But, but this uh-huh. virus, like any other virus, any other disease, does not discriminate. You mm-hmm. know, he goes to young, old women, men, um, what, wh- whatever race, creed, or color that you are. So, mm-hmm. so my hope, my prayer is that this country gets this act together, you know, to mm-hmm. protect people and educate people on how they need to protect themselves. Exactly. Michelle, I'd like to hear your take on this. Well, I, I couldn't have 
spoken more eloquently <laughs> than Reginald just said. And the racist part of it is why anybody would be surprised coming from from the White House currently. Uh, it, it's part of their their playbook. The fact is, mm-hmm. he can't build a wall to keep this virus out. Like he would, he treats it like it's an immigrant. And mm-hmm. the, the fact that he has to have an enemy, he always has to blame right. someone. And the fact is that this virus, people are so unaware. I think ignorance is the worst is the is worse than this virus. The, I am so amazed at how people do not understand how their bodies work, how mm-hmm. their attitudes affect their immune system, how all of these things work together. And we have just need a major. I think this is actually uh, there's a silver lining. I think this is going to shake things up really well because you can't build a wall to keep this thing out. And everybody Mm -hmm. is susceptible. There's no, this reminds me of the plagues in in Egypt when, when Pharaoh was finally convinced when it affected his own house. And now all these people around uh, Trump are being affected, you know, and he's Mm -hmm. still shaking hands, you know, what a bravado (laughs) for what? Yeah. You know, a pox on the house, you know, that kind of thing. So yeah. I, I think this is going to shake everybody up. Yeah. It's more of a mentality. It's feed, feed mongering, a uh, fear mongering, and it's a control yeah. mechanism. So that's it, my it, two cents. But yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I hear you, and um, you know, I, you know, I agree with uh, you know what what you both have said. And uh, my thing is this: is that as I said in the beginning of my show, uh, what I was uh, saying to my listeners is that, you know, it always starts with, with you first, and it is ignorance. Now, when someone says, oh, you're ignorant to something, that just means that you're unlearned about it and that you need to go out and find the information about what it is that you're ignorant exactly. of. Exactly. And yes. also, yes, and also to look within yourself as well. The thing with Trump is that he thinks that for some reason or another, and I've said this before, in private conversations and on my radio program, that he is invincible. You know, he thinks that he is omni, you know, just, I think he, I think that he thinks he's on the level of God. And, um, that is so far from the truth. Um, the thing is also that we have to, when we're looking at this, um, I agree with you, Michelle, on the fact that this is going to be a shakeup. It always has to be, if you look historically, when they had Blue Bonnet play, when they had, you know, SARS, when they had, you know, it, it, it was something that brought people closer together. And it's unfortunate that this is something that that has to take place to say, look, OK, we need one another. So here we are back at the thing. We need one another because you can't get over this without somebody helping you to get over this, you know. Uh, Trump, um, it is my understanding uh, that um, uh, that uh, uh, President Obama had formed, let's say, a coalition with the other um, countries in this in this world, realizing that we are one. And um, this the coalition he formed that I'm talking about, listeners, is one that should 
we have an outbreak such as this, that we will be able to come together because realizing, Michelle and Reginald and my listeners, that there is that there is strength in numbers. Okay? It's an old saying, but it's gone away, but you need to bring it back. There's strength in numbers. And when we all come together to fight something that is so so detrimental such as this, we need to do just that. Now he meaning the thing in the White House that slaves built, defunded a lot of that so that he could build what my brother and you was talking about, the wall that cannot keep a virus out. But this just goes to show you the ignorance of people, you know. So um, any other last comments? Um, I have a couple other questions that I would like to ask. Reginald, do you have any additional well, comment? You know, just just that uh, you know, I have I have faith in 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 the people who are uh, you know working at the CDC and these other places, uh, you know, behind the scenes behind the scenes uh, that they are capable of of uh, coming together and doing this in spite of uh, the ridiculousness and the stupidity and the racism, the constant stupidity and racism that we hear every day from this White House. Mm-hmm. And I do mean this every day. Now, Michelle, you know, I wanted to mean the person that I am. Um, um, I deem myself highly intelligent. And um, I wanted to know what is going on with this panic of people going out buying toilet paper. So I came across this article by Scotty Andrews. He's of CNN on March 9th. And he said, now novel, um, coronavirus panic buyers are snatching up toilet paper. He briefly mentioned that how people are out with the hand sanitizers and things. Now it's the toilet paper. He says in part that retailers in the U.S. and Canada have started limiting the number of toilet paper packs customers can buy in one trip. Some supermarkets in the U.K. are sold out. Uh, grocery stores in Australia have hired, has hired security guards to patrol customers. An Australian newspaper, it says, went so far as printing eight extra pages in a recent edition, emergency toilet paper, the newspaper said, should Aussies run out. Why toilet paper does not offer special protection against the virus? It is not considered a staple of impending emergencies like bread and milk are. So why are people buying up rolls more quickly, Michelle, than they could be restocked? Now, Stephen Taylor says, He's a clinical psychologist and author of The Psychology of Pandemics. He said, when people are told something dangerous is coming, but all you need to do is wash your hands, the action doesn't seem proportionate to the threat, he said. Special danger needs special precautions. Your thoughts, Michelle? Well, I have plenty of thoughts on this. <laughs> the fact is, I think this this whole downplay of the seriousness is as a result of the person who's supposed to be leading this country it lives in a bubble and has no mm-hmm. awareness he talks about the other like it's a, a monster that's coming to get him and anything outside his bubble they they keep stuff from him so he's not only ignorant he's ill-informed number two mm-hmm. i think this hand sanitizer craziness, we have killed off the good bacteria that protects our skin. 
with mm-hmm. all of this washing and wiping and doing. The fact is that people have to be told to wash their hands, I think, is a symbol of what we're talking <laughs> yeah. about. You exactly. know, anytime you go to the restroom, you people in, you know, you go to a restaurant and says, oh, employees must wash their hands. Really? Mm-hmm. I think that that's, uh, it's just that breakdown Reginald and I were speaking to earlier. There, the rules are completely out the window. We need to establish mm-hmm. a societal code. I don't know if it's Tom or Robbie's code or whatever code. We need to reestablish a code of conduct, how you behave in public, how you behave with your family. Your, all of this has to be relearned. We have exactly. unlearned the good things that protect us as well. And when you live in a village, we are responsible for the village. And that's what mm-hmm. this is showing is that we're responsible for each other. Sanjay Gupta said it yesterday on on CNN. He said, we are now, we have to be aware how we affect other people. You talk about craziness, these people who don't uh, inoculate their children. Uh, Mm -hmm. I I find Mm -hmm. they are breaking a, a societal bond that we don't just do it for our children. We do it for the village. We do it for the mm-hmm. community. That there has to be that sense of it's not just every person for themselves. And this president just has no no sense of how to be with other people. He really should live by himself on an island somewhere. And he it's, could put mirrors up everywhere and be happy, you know. But well, uh, he probably- I, I think... We've done a this thing with the toilet paper. That's something people can glom onto. It's a symbol of their vulnerability that they're going to get diarrhea and not be able to wipe themselves. I, I, I really don't understand the urgency of the toilet paper other than it, it's something easy to grab and relatively inexpensive. Well, let me say this, um, because I'm I'm kind of getting on here. Uh, let let me say this, uh, Michelle and Reginald and my listeners. Um, I was uh, taught, and what I mean by that, you know, you're taught by seeing and you're taught by doing and watching. Uh, so I was taught by seeing, doing, watching of things to do and things not to do. I spoke about how I wrote an uh, an article in a magazine when I first arrived here in um, Arizona, and it was entitled The Big uh, Warm the big warm Green Rug. And what I learned about are a number of things, and, and is that the good things and the great things that we learn from the ground up are lost. This is something that I discussed um, with our brother Bruce just last week about people have just totally lost their behavior <laughs> in how they should act and react and not act in our society, and that's a whole nother conversation. However, um, uh, regarding the the you know the thing in the uh, White House that slaves built, um, he like so many uh, people have you know lived in a bubble because they feel entitled. They you know oh this is ta 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 this is happening to those people. It'll never happen to us, and it also shows. Um, that, you know, people never learn that, unfortunately, human beings are so doggone, you know, this is it's appetitive. You know, they go into the same circle. I mean, look at what you talked about, Michelle, about Egypt. Look at the SARS. Look at the Blue Bonnet Plague and other um, areas of importance in our society 
but human beings keep doing the same thing over and over and over again. That also is another uh, discussion. But Reginald, this article also says that some are reacting to the lack of a clear direction from officials. Panic buying begets panic buying, and it's natural to want to overprepare. In my home, um, as you know, because you visited every home that I've had, I always keep a stock shelf. And I'm sure you're one of those women who do the same. Oh, I have this is the last toilet paper. Um, Darling, could you run out and get a package of toilet paper? No, I could just go out to my um, my own source, be it in the garage or storage for, uh, room that I had in my home and and get that. You know, so you're always you're always prepared. So what do you think about original what I just said? Well, when there's no direction, you know, you tend to go any and everywhere. Uh, so people have to be um, given direction. If there's no direction in your home as a as a parent, your children will go any and everywhere. Um, mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> I was laughing when Shell said something, and, and, a, and a friend of mine and I were talking about this just last weekend. I mean, really? You have to be told to wash your hands? Really? R- really? But that goes to show what we were saying before, that if there's no direction, you know, I mean, it's it's mind-blowing that you have to tell adults to wash their hands. I've been in public bathrooms, and, you know, I'm standing at the sink washing my hands, and people will walk straight out of there with, like, not even look at the sink and wash and not wash their hands. Um, You know, so, so... I always like to use an example with my clients, depending on what we're talking about. And this is one example that I like to use. I used it yesterday. When you're a hammer, everything looks like a nail. But also on that hammer, you have that other piece where you can, if you're hammering a nail and you're bending that nail, you can use that other piece to pull that nail out and put in a different nail. The person that's temporarily in the White House right now, he sees everything as a nail, and he thinks he's the hammer. With no direction of using the other piece where you can pull that, use that other piece to pull that nail that's crooked out. So, you know, when there's no clear direction, you know, people will come to their own means. When there's no clear direction in your home as a parent, children will come to their own means. So, you know, that's why we mm-hmm. have to be, and like somebody, like one of you guys was saying before, uh, I think Michelle, that, you know, people not immunizing their, their children. I have a, a, a family that has not immunized their, 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 their kid. I'm like, wait a minute. This affects not only her, but if, but it affects everyone. It affects mm-hmm. everyone around you. You're not living in a bubble. So yeah. it's taking that yep. responsibility of doing what needs to be done, not only for yourself first, but that affects others. Exactly. But the the thing, the thing is, um, I'm trying to get uh, as much in as I possibly can. Um, you know, talking about direction, you and Michelle have uh, uh, brought that up. And, and I have been talking about this for God knows how long, the loss of direction. And that's because, you know, people, the direction is lost because the core of our family is lost. The core of what a family really is, is lost. And it continues, unfortunately, to be lost. That people have, they, they do not know which direction to go. And from a spiritual level, 
They lost their direction because they have disconnected themselves. It's like a plug and a socket and the plug, you're the plug and God is our socket. So you taking that plug out, excuse me, you taking that plug out. So therefore the light and the feed of what it is that you need is no longer there because you decided to disconnect yourself from that source. So therefore, now you're just going any kind of direction. You don't know which way to go with. Now, that doesn't mean that you can't replug yourself into that. But people have shown that that's not what they they don't want that energy. They don't want that energy. That's not the energy that they want until they decide that, okay, you know, I'm just lost. And so therefore, we have a society of a huge number of individuals who are lost. And I've talked about that before. They're just wandering around um, in the dark. Any uh, last comments, Michelle? Well, uh, unfortunately, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Unfortunately, when that becomes a political issue and someone wants to say that that their belief is stronger than the other person's belief, then we get into a conflict. You know what I'm saying? You're absolutely right. We have to be plugged into a source of guidance, whatever you want to call it. You know, let's just keep it simple. We just followed the Ten Commandments. What a wonderful world it would be. Real real simple. It's only ten of them, Michelle. It's only ten. That's what I'm saying. You know, (laughs) it really goes beyond um, this whole, the culture in the United States. If if people would travel uh, beyond this virus, if they would travel and see other countries in the world, the United States is such the Lone Ranger. We're the, the rugged individualist rather than the community, where when you mm-hmm. go into other cultures, it's all about the community. It's all mm-hmm. about the family. And we've lost that. And that's where some yes. of these real, um, what shall we say, uh, they're just radical about mm-hmm. certain things. They, they, they miss the point. It's not just, you know, a focus on the family, as they say. It's the idea that we respect each family. It doesn't have to be a one-way family. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's uh, we need to be careful with with the spiritual thing because we don't want to start saying, well, you need to do this my way or it's going to go. You, that's not right. You know what I mean? No, no, yeah, no, no, no. It's not that. That is not at all what I what I was implying at all. Oh no, no, I know you did, and I know you very well. You wouldn't say something like that. What I'm suggesting is that yes, we need to get back to basics, ABCs. That's why the schools are falling apart. And what I just talked about, spirituality, is the basics. Because people used to, excuse me, people used to be more in line with the astuteness. Of God or whoever you want to, whoever you want to refer to, to, to it as. Okay. They knew that it was something that was much larger than them, but now it's just the turnaround. I'm much larger than that now. And that's what's seen. Well, look at, look at how they, how they drive out here. Reginald talked about that. I talked about, I talk about that on my show, you know, a lot how people are. The thing is with me is that I talk the basics. Because that's where you have to start with people and talk in basic terminology so that they can get it. Because I want people to get it. I want people to understand. Excuse me. I want people to understand. And this is the one of the very premises of my show is helping people. 
If people would just listen to my show, they would learn a lot. And I'm just going to say that right there. Okay. I'm just not on here talking because I have nothing else to do. I want to help people succinctly and, 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 and lovingly and kindly and talk to people. This is why I choose the topics that I do. And as I said, my numbers do very well on talk zone. So that, 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 that is the, the proof in the pudding, pudding right there. Okay. Let's move on to something else. I want to talk about these payday loans. I came across an article where these payday loans are landing people in jail. And my question is, are we bringing back the 1830s? Now, <clears throat> I don't have the article uh, in front of me and I'm running out of time too. Uh, but, um, Reginald, I came across this article, um, about, um, payday loans and, um, where, once again, once again, that person in the White House, excuse me, has, um, you know, given people the reins that they can do whatever it is that they want to do, charge whatever interest rates that they want to. Um, they're, they're from the, from what I've been reading, these payday loans can charge 1500, 2000%. And if you do not pay or if you fall behind, in your payday loan, they can put you in jail. And it's legal in a lot of jurisdictions. Did you know that, Reginald? Uh, you know, I had been doing some research on that as well. And uh, and these are the, you know, when he, you hear someone talk about the good old days, which, which old boy talked about a lot, the good old days are, they weren't good for, depending on who you are slash were, the good old exactly. days aren't the good old days. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, he just wants to go back to what he thinks were the good old days and, of course, of allowing companies to do whatever it is that they want to do, uh, taking deregulations off of, of these companies so they can pollute the air, pollute the water. And, you know, he stands at these silly rallies talking about, oh, we're going to do, do the regulations. Yeah, everybody stands out there and, and, and applauds. But you all don't understand that those deregulations are hurting you. Those deregulations are now where they can put you in jail if you fall behind in your loan. These, those deregulations now are, are where they can pollute the air how they want to. And you have no recourse, you know, these, these wires and, and these other things, you know, for the Internet and all of that, how, you know, with this uptick in cancer, I think that has a lot to do with the uptick in cancer. So, you know, it's that mentality is that old guy mentality of going back to the good old days to do what they want to do. And, of course, I always say this in conversations we have is how can companies Companies always think of one thing. How can I screw the consumer? Yeah, and let's not leave out, uh, Michelle, not only about how can I screw the consumer, but how I can also continue to get my $40 million bonus at the end of the year while I consistently pay you some little penance for you doing your job that actually equates to me able to get my 30 million bonus at the end of the year. Your comment, Michelle? Well, the, this is a relatively, a lot of people don't understand the history of this. In the 1980s, 
the CEO of a company only made a percentage of above uh, and beyond what the workers made. They've gone in, they've gone in now and made these exorbitant, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's just beyond the comprehension what they're paid to do. Mm-hmm. That's why they're overinflated of their own ego because they think they're so important. This mm-hmm. was not always the case. And if people would, people would mm-hmm. really understand what's going on, they might consider rebelling against that. Uh, exactly. I agree with you totally. Mm-hmm. Um, this, this reflection of uh, you, you don't really count for much. Try running the business without all the people on the front line. Exactly. I, exactly. Always, I always found mm-hmm. that fascinating that they were the lowest paid individuals and they're the first line of, of your company. This is the first touch point that mm-hmm. people have. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I'm so tired of talking to machines on the phone. Oh, and there aren't, oh. The people aren't even there. I mean, you have yeah. to, you, you have to pinch yourself sometimes. Yeah, I know. And yeah. I, and I've, and yeah. I've gotten, um, to the point where I know how to get around, um, <clears throat> excuse me, get around that, you know, it's the AI, you know, the artificial intelligence. This is, um, you know, the area of, of, um, of expertise that my husband and I are in. And, um, and, uh, so we knew that all of this was coming and I had been talking about it, um, you know, for a while about AI and the uselessness of it. You know, so, um, but, you know, I got about, uh, two minutes, but I, I want to give a shout out to Costco because Costco is the very, is, is, is the impetus of what you just stated, Michelle, about how, um, um, how, um, you know, uh, the CEOs and things, they get a, a, a partial of what is earned, you know, but see greediness, and that's also another <laughs> topic of conversation has had a huge influx in recent years, you know, um, in this nation, not only in our world, but I'm just talking about in this nation. The greediness is off the chain because I remember, um, you know, when houses in the 1960s, you know, if you had $5,000, you could buy a home, okay? And people go, what? You know, so a lot of them were there. And for those who weren't there, you could just go back in history documentation and find out and then there was a succession of the you know of the uptick on 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 how much houses cost and things like this you know so but guess what i have run out of time (laughs) and i thank you uh michelle and reginald for all of your comments and particularly sharing with um the celebration of women's um history month um is very uh, important Yeah, it's very important because, um, you know, uh, women are we we are the we are the we are the go getters. I'm telling you, girls, go out there and get it. OK, so you all have a great day. Thank you, Reginald, for your comments as usual. Make it a great day. This is Teresa E. Keys. Be kind to yourself. That's where it starts first. And then be kind to others. I'll see you in a month. Take care.